My name is Sandy Whitehawk. I'm from the Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota. And uh, I would first like to say thank you to our relative who opened our time uh, with a prayer song and, and his uh, companion who sang with him. I was really moved by that because it's my only second time in these halls and to hear our songs and our, our language spoke, I can only think of, of our relatives who survived those horrible uh, experiences and here we are still today. And we're told that if all you can say is who you are and where you come from, you will know where you're going to go in life and what you're going to do. And this is what our children were not given in those institutions. So it is truly an honor to, to be here. So uh, thank you, uh, Chairman Schatz and um, Chair Vice Chairman Murkowski for the time and the committee members for this time. I'm flooded with all kinds of emotions that are fighting against my words. And I'm, I heard the throats almost begin to close for our secretary, or our uh, Holland and um, Assistant Secretary Newland, and, I, and me as well, because we can't speak these speak on their behalf without seeing our own relatives' faces. How we can hear our brothers and our sisters, our aunts and our uncles and our grandmothers share their stories within our circles in our homes. The Truth Commission, the Truth and Healing Commission, will give us that opportunity to have a public um, opportunity to have it validated by the public. It's one thing to share your story within your home or in your community, but it's another place to share it where it's going to be validated by the outside entities that, all, that brought this on. It brings a, a healing in itself. It addresses what we call disenfranchised grief in our communities, a grief that's not been acknowledged or uh, brought to any healing. I've witnessed this as a uh, commissioner for the Maine and Web, Maine Webinaki Child Welfare uh, Truth and Reconciliation. I was one of the five commissioners. I've also witnessed a commission in Canada as I was invited to be an honorary witness for the Truth and Reconciliation for residential schools. So I have much confidence in our CEO of NABS because she too worked within those entities and uh, has much experience in helping our communities develop that. <clears throat> so it is exceptionally important and it's just, it's time. And I, it is so encouraging to hear you speak so fervently in support of us. That, that in itself is, a, is healing, to sit and to hear in the halls that there are um, representatives who understand this history and understand the importance of hearing from us. I want to thank you for that support, and I can't wait to go back and tell my community what I heard. It will be, they're, they're going to go, really? And I go, yeah, it did, they did, I swear, that happened. Um, it, it is, it, I, there's no really, I, right now I'm kind of stunned at that acknowledgement, and to hear you say, not just our hair was cut, which is vital, but, and our clothes were taken, but you understand the corporal punishment and the psychological torture 
and you've spoken to that. I want to thank you for that acknowledgement. <clears throat> One last thing I want to say about our language, um, the importance of it is to remember that those of us, those of our communities who were forced not to say anything about who they were, where they come from, and yet our languages were used, not just the Navajo language, but Dakota languages, the Cheyenne language, all, many languages were used in World War II. So it, the very people who were to be eradicated through wars and uh, schools stood and fought, and they were boarding school survivors as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Ms. Norma Wong. <clears throat> 